From recovery to restoration, Carl Berry was an athlete, professional musician, and extremely successful Fortune 500 sales manager. But he was also a functioning addict, which nearly destroyed his life. Today, Carl is in recovery for the past 27 years, and with his extensive connections with business, faith, and government leaders, Carl dedicates his life to help those with mental health issues, addiction, recidivism, and more. Welcome to the Community Care Resource Council podcast with your host, Carl Berry. Hello, everyone. This is Carl Berry with Community Caretaker, and I am sitting today with a very special lady from Leah's Kids, uh, Miss Leah Hunt, how are you doing? Hi, Carl. Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing really well. Super excited to be here. Thank you. I am excited, <laughs> too. So uh, in getting started, I'm going to first ask you to tell us more about Leah's Kids. Wow. Okay. So Leah's Kids started in my heart as a very young little girl. So the backstory behind Leah's Kids is that when I was two and a half years old, my parents noticed I had a drift in my left eye. And so that actually turned into cancer. So I'm a two-time childhood cancer survivor. And as I navigated life growing up, you know, figuring out how to, you know, go through childhood cancer, but then also being thrown into the school system. And then also how can I do more for these families? I came to my parents one day and I was like, you know what? I'm here for a reason and I believe God gave me a mission and I want to do more. And that's when Leah's kids started. I I wanted to sit down with these moms and these dads and be like, hey, I went through something. My parents went through something. And so how can I help them? And so Leah's Kids is a 501c3 nonprofit. And our mission is to bring hope and awareness to childhood cancer. And we do that through Crown a Kid events, which all stems from James 1.12. You bear your cross to receive your crown in eternal glory. And this is when the Leah's Kids Foundation donates directly to the family that's going through childhood cancer. So I got to ask this. <laughs> you got to tell me. Yes. What was it like? as a child living with cancer? Well, there's no one emotion that you can just pinpoint it on, but one that occurred the most would be confusion. Not confusion as in why did I get cancer? Because I know I didn't get cancer because I'm not bad. I didn't get cancer because my parents were bad. I believe that I got cancer so I can turn this mess into a message and, and to help other people. And that was just one stepping stone in my journey. It's not my entire journey, but it's one stepping stone. And so growing up, when you're the only kid you know in a very small town that has cancer, you're the only kid that is going to go get chemo and is going to go have an MRI and surgery. When you're the only kid, it, it's confusing because one, you don't really understand. And so... I remember one day driving driving in the car with my mom and my older sister and I looked at my sister and we we were we I grew up on a ranch in Ohio and we were about to get our first horse and I loved horses and so I remember sitting in the back seat and we were going through names about what we should name the horse and I was like oh I want to name my horse Cancer and I just remember my sister turning around and looking at me and she was like Leah 
You don't want to name your horse cancer. But to me, cancer was so normal. It was confusing, but it was normal because it was my life. And so growing up, being the only kid that's blind in one eye, that has an eye that drifts, that has an eye that's another color, it was confusing, but it was my normal because I didn't see anybody else I knew going through that. So was the confusion yours solely or did other people contribute to your confusion? Well, I think the confusion stemmed from really just being a young kid. I mean, I started this journey at two and a half. I mean, how many two-year-olds know what chemo is and knows what the oncology floor is? So I'd say that's where the confusion came from. But it was more me growing up with cancer, learning how to, how to battle it, really. So how did that work with, with school and teachers and other kids? Well, believe it or not, it did not work out well because these other kids in my class, they didn't know, you know, they no no fifth grader really, 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 truly understands what cancer is, you know, and then when you throw a kid who's losing her hair, who wears glasses, who has an eye patch on into the school system and it can stem a lot of things. And so one time I asked my teacher a question, you know, little old me. And so I was really shy growing up. And I, I asked my teacher a question and she stopped me while I was talking to her. And she said, you know what, Leah, next time you talk to me, I want you to look me in the eyes. And I, I really was looking in there in the eyes. I was having a conversation with her, looking her in the eyes. But you know what? My left eye drifts. And it go it goes on its own and but i really i stepped back and that i think that was a really big defining moment in my life and i was kind of like you know how can i expect her to understand if she doesn't know the true story how can you expect someone to understand your life if they don't really know what you're going through and so school that was that was just one piece of it but you know chemo brain we all know the the phrase. It is a true and it is a real and it is a power th powerful thing because I have an aid at school. You know, I have my own special 504 plan. You know, I took the classes, you know, the special education classes and I had an aide who followed me around and someone who took my notes and, you know, my tests were in bigger font. And I was that kid. Every time it was test time, I would stand up. My teacher would call my name. She would hand me my special test, which was multiple pages longer than everybody else because my font was so large so I could see clearly and I would go and walk to my aide's office. And everyone always would whisper. They always would know. But you know why? Because when you're different in a crowd of everyone who is the same in the school system, it stirs the pot. And it's not normal. And that's when, that's when kids say things. That's when kids, you know, kids actually did call me <laughs> four eyes, which I laugh now because it's so funny. Because you, you hear that in like a little kid's book. And that's like the joke. But it actually happened when I was in elementary school. And kids actually make comments and like the migraines and the headaches those are all real things that come with battling cancer even when the door is closed and you're not in the hospital well I, at the risk of sounding stupid <laughs> what in the world is chemo brain <laughs> so 
So chemo. So when you have chemotherapy, it's a form of treatment for any type of cancer, really. And you, your body, just think of your body is getting pumped with a lot, a lot of chemicals. And so with all these chemicals and all this medicine going into you, you kind of start, you know, forgetting things, can't really remember things. Uh, You know, (laughs) I sometimes think of it as an intoxicated person is trying to take a written test. And no, you're not really intoxicated with chemo brain, but your brain isn't functioning at full capacity. Just like if you're intoxicated, you're not functioning at full capacity. Okay. (laughs) What about the family? Okay. Uh, I know you got brothers and sisters. Yes. And uh, both your parents. Uh, what was it like for them? What was it like interacting with the family and growing up and being normal as much as you could? Right, right. So, wow, my family, they, they were amazing. So I come from a very, I'm very, very fortunate with my family. I am the third kid out of five. We have four girls and one boy, and I have both my parents are married and in my life. And when I was diagnosed, I had my older brother, Logan and Lauren. And my younger siblings, weren't, they weren't born yet. And they were chilling out in heaven. Uh, but I know my older sister and I were only, we're about a year apart. And that was really hard on her. The confusion that I had, she had that confusion. But she had it from being a bystander. And, you know, watching mom and dad travel out of state with me every single week to go to doctor's appointments. And, you know, staying with family friends and people from church. And, you know, having to understand why I didn't have hair and why, you know, I couldn't go to the playground all the time with them. And... They grew up with cancer also because, you know, cancer, yes, I was the patient, but really cancer affects the entire family, no matter the age of the child or the parent or the grandparent, whomever in the family that gets diagnosed, it affects everybody. It affected Logan and Lauren by, you know, just waiting in hospital rooms and then waiting and not being able to be with me. At one point, I had a radioactive isotope placed on my left eye, and so I could not see anybody for over a week. So Logan and Lauren, they had to keep their distance. They couldn't travel with us to the hospital. And then, you know, then going into school, I remember one time I was in junior high and my brother, he was a senior in high school at the time. And I was in the hallway crying and I was just crying and I, I, I got picked on a lot now. And so I, you know, was very emotional and he just comes walking through my brother and he's go on his way to lunch. And so in my building, the high school was on like one end and the junior high was on the other. And so you have to walk through the junior high to get to the lunchroom. And so Logan is walking and I, I think it was such a God moment because I was just standing there at the lockers crying and he stops me and he's like, why are you crying, Leah? Like, what's going on? And I was like, some kid just made fun of me for having cancer and he told me that nobody cared about it. And I just remember like my brother just, grabbing me and and giving me a hug and just like speaking truth and like letting me know that he was there but you know that was that was just one of the many moments that I saw my cancer 
and my brother fighting my cancer with me. And my sister did the same exact thing. And there was different moments, you know, when I played basketball, I had to wear special goggles and other teams would say things. They're like, oh, who's the goggle girl? And my sister, she she was a year above me. So when we would play, she'd be like, hey, listen, that's my sister. And, you know, like stand up for me in like a loving way to other people. And so, but to really be honest, I have learned more about my cancer journey from my older brother and sister than I really know myself. And mm. I think God is protecting me in a certain way by, you know, I don't remember all things that happened when I was treated and that can be a, and that can be a blessing or it can be a curse. And I see it as God protecting my heart, but Logan and Lauren have been able to sit down with me. And one time I sat down with my brother and he started crying and he was like, Leah, do you know how it feels to watch your sister go into 26 surgeries? Your little sister going to 26 surgeries. And I was upset because someone was saying something. Something wasn't going right. And he just sat down and he was like, and this is how it made me feel as a big brother. And you know what? And you know, cancer affects me. It affects you. It affects everybody. And we're going to get through it together. Well, last question. <laughs> I, 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 I see Logan and Lauren as very special, loving, and caring people. But picturing Carl... <laughs> As your brother or sister, I got jealous. You got all the attention. Now, they had to stay home. You got to go with mom and dad. To I mean, what was that like? So that was, there's definitely a truth in that. And there's def definitely a truth in, you know, especially Lauren for being, you know, she's a girl and just, you know, only a year apart from me. That jealousy, that's something that Lauren and I have had to work through, actually, for a really long time. Not jealousy in who I am, but jealousy in understanding and, you know, why is mom and dad always with Leah? Because for a young kid, you know, if, if I were to see my parents always with Carl, I would be like, why are mom and dad not with me? Because, you know, how do kids spell love? Kids spell love T-I-M-E time and so when we took that time away from Lauren not on purpose but you know because I had to go to treatment it caused it ruffles the feathers and so that is something that that we worked through and knowing that you know as a kid mom didn't love me more than she loved her and you know it, it we have Lauren is my best friend now we have a beautiful relationship and Lauren would do absolutely anything for me and vice versa but that that is something and you know back to Leah's kids that's something that I've actually had incorporated into Leah's kids because the other day I was um, we just crowned a little girl her name is Scotland and she and her she lives in Rhode Island and she has seven other siblings and I was sending them their donation and their crowns and I got stuff for all her sisters and her brothers and I was like you know sometimes fighting cancer comes from doing the dishes and babysitting and that's how you contribute to fighting cancer. So don't think that that you're not seen in this journey either because, you know, the siblings are the real super superheroes. Okay, so you're getting to where I want to go. I know you okay. had 28 surgeries <laughs> and started to when you were two and a half and you, you came through that. But let's go back to where you just left off to Leah's okay. kids to yes. the other kids to your lived experience now being a healing point 
for other children and families. Tell me about what Leah Kids does, how it's working, other stories maybe about <laughs> little kids. Right. So Leah's Kids, we donate directly to the family that is going through childhood cancer. We don't donate to hospitals and research, even though that is very important. But the mission of Leah's Kids is to cover those miscellaneous costs that no parent should ever have to sit back and be like, can I pay for childcare or should I pay for the hospital bill? And that's kind of why I formed Leah's Kids, to be that relief, but then also to be that hope. Because when you're going through something and we all have something, we're all suffering with something in life. We need a cheerleader on the sidelines. We need someone to look us in the eyes and tell us that we can do it to believe in us, to speak truth to us and to be a hopeful encourager to us. And so that's my whole vision behind Leah's kids is I want to help these families. I want to donate to them. I want to give them resources, but I also want them to be able to look at Leah's kids and be like, Hey, you know, Leah's family, we were able to do that. And, you know, this is what helped us. And, you know, so-and-so family, and this is what helped them. So, obviously, there are good subjects and bad subjects. There are people that are very successful at being cheerleaders and people that, let's say, they don't do so well. Can you think of any parent uh, that sticks out in your mind that was exceptionally good at being a cheerleader or exceptionally bad and they caused harm. How did you deal with that and what was going on? For a parent who was positive or negative in their child's battle? Yes. So I've had a few different encounters with both ends and one I one I actually had with a young teen and he looked at me and he was like how do you keep going? How, how, do I, how do I say yes to another day? And I think that's one of the conversations was like, okay, Leah, what, how are you going to help this soul who's hurting right now? How are you going to be that hope for them? And then I've had, I've had parents who I've talked to and they've turned that negative into something positive and they, and they have you know, gone out of their way to fundraise for other, you know, cancer institutes and, and things like that. So from Leah's kids' point of view, for where we stand with people that we've encountered, we've encountered both. I had one family who, she was a single mom, and it was just her and her mother that were taking care of her son, and he actually had autism, and then he got diagnosed with brain cancer. And I got to meet with her, and she, and his name is Ian. He was actually my first ever donation I was ever able to do when I was in high school to her. And she just started crying. And she was like, you're just some random girl that believes in me. She's like, I'm going to get my son through this one way or another. He's either going to win on earth or he's going to win in heaven. And you could just see the relief wash over her. And she was like, any amount financial assistant helps. But really just you knowing that there's strangers out there in, in this town who, who believe in me and are praying and taking care of my son, that's what gets me up each day. Obviously, from listening to you, you are a believer. <laughs> How or what would you have to say to other believers? 
what scriptures do you quote or beliefs do you promote or how would you approach a conversation to a believer or a non-believer that expresses what you're trying to do? Right. So something that's always stuck out to me is that, you know, we're not made for the natural world, but for the supernatural world. And that can go beyond our imagination, but then also knowing that like what you're going through, that you have the power of a choice to believe and that there's more to it. And I think it's really seeing the glass half full. Cause I think as, as being a Christian and living a life with Christ, the glass is always half full. And so I think that, I don't know. <laughs> I, a, I can go on, but I don't know what direction you want me to take it. Take it wherever you feel like you're being <laughs> called to take it. I, I'm wanting other people that are believers mm-hmm. or that, you know, Scripture says, I do believe, help me with my unbelief. Mm-hmm. What do how we about, say to those people? This? Uh, what is the difference between going to cancer without Christ and going to cancer with Christ? Okay. So tell me this. What is the difference? Is there a difference between going through cancer without Christ versus going through cancer with Christ? Oh, definitely. I think there is definitely a major difference. And going through a hardship, rather cancer or divorce or whatever that is, feeling alone and that if you can't do it, then, you know, nobody's going to be able to do it is a lot different than knowing that like, Hey, I can't do this, but my weakness is my greatest gift. And this weakness isn't just, you know, going to stop that. I can't do something because there is someone that is bigger and more powerful than, than me. And I know I've learned through, you know, going through cancer and then running Leah's kids as a 21 year old that, you know, my weakness is my greatest gift and cancer is my greatest gift, but I could not be so grateful and so thankful for my cancer if I didn't have my faith because my faith in in cancer is what gave me my faith to live out even more, to live out boldly, to, you know, be, to be able to say, you know, I'm saved, but I'm saved for a reason. And God gave me that reason. And this is my new mission in life. Good. So I think about t- two scriptures, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And all things work together for the good of the glory of them that love the Lord. How does that translate in a crowning of a kid? You talked about kids being crowned. Number yes. one, what <laughs> is getting crowned? That okay. sounds like an accident on a playground. <laughs> so our crown a kid events, it all stems from, so if you break down the Leah's Kids logo even, you'll see a crown on it and you'll see three figures. And so in my heart, those three figures mean there's one bigger one and that's God. And then there's two little ones and they're like little dancing star people if you look at our logo. And it's kind of like Christ is walking with these two little kids in their journey. And so crown a kid, it stems from James 1.12. And so James 1.12 talks about, you know, bearing your cross to receive the crown and eternal glory. And so 
this the outer crown of kids event the kid isn't a winner or isn't a loser or it's not in the undecided stage because we don't know the turnout of the diagnosis yet the crown represents like hey you're carrying your cross here's your crown of eternal glory because you will be honored for this fight in heaven you will be honored for for your courage and your obedience to where the holy spirit is leading you and you will be honored for getting up each day and fighting the good fight and having that faith and so that is the beauty behind it and leah's kids theme is all royalty so if you open up your bible and you read about daring you know christ was he they put on him purple you know the purple cloak you know when he was going through his crucifixion and they did that in a way to mock him because purple is royalty and as we can remember the soldiers you know were like if you're the king then save yourself save yourself save yourself well i took that and i took that purple and i'm like yeah purple is a sign of royalty and you know christ he really is the king and so we're going to bring that into our crown of kid events and then we have gold that represents you know pediatric cancer is the ribbon for it is gold and then growing up my favorite color is yellow and so if you really break that break it all down it all stems from the bible and it all stems from being honored for your good fight so Tell me about your most memorable kid. Oh, <laughs> my most memorable kid. So I donated to a little boy, and his name is Beckett. And he was so happy. He was so joyful. And yes, because he was little, but he was going through cancer for over a year already and he still has another year of treatment and I love donating to him because I saw him be a kid a lot of people say in the cancer world you know give them their childhood back give that kid with cancer they deserve a childhood and and, and yes yes they do but Beckett was so excited about life and you know he had the scars and he lost his hair and you know he was his mom even was telling me how now back to the chemo brain he was going through that so rough as a little kid in kindergarten that he would have to lay down and take naps in the principal's office on a cot on the floor and but you would have no idea that he was going through cancer as he was running laps around me okay so I am inspired. <laughs> I want to help Leah's kids. How do I do that? Well, that is a great question and <laughs> one I would love to answer. <laughs> so Leah's kids, we are really, we're always looking for donors. We are looking for corporate sponsors to, you know, team up with Leah's kids and help us crown a kid and to, you know, have this party in honor of this kid and to, to be co-branded with, you know, another function and be like, this donation is in honor of, of you, Beckett, with the Leah's Kids Foundation and ABC, whoever else we partner up with. Um, but also the newest thing that Leah's Kids has is that we have recently pu published a nine-week journal called My Battle Plan. And the journal is 
filled with, you know, motivational quotes. It's, you know, a feelings chart for the kiddos to, you know, color in the body where they hurt and circle how they feel. And then there's sections for mom and dad to write what the kid ate or if he or she slept. And so that is our big thing right now. Those are for sale on our website. And we just want to get these into the hands of every little kid that's going through cancer. So, you know, I would have loved if someone came to my hospital wing and said, here's a journal for you. And now at 21, me being able to open that back up and really understand now, because maybe that confusion that we talked about in the beginning would not be there as heavy as it is still. You know, I would be able to read back and say, oh, on January 19th, when I had surgery, I couldn't eat prior. But after surgery and I felt better, mom and dad got me, you know, something like a hot dog from the hot dog stand, you know, whatever it may be. And so this is kind of my way of wanting to help these kiddos and be like, here's this journal for you to, to, to fill out, you know. Are the journals only available to kids that are being crowned? Or are they available to, to additional people that have issues? So the journals, anybody can buy them. They um, they work for kiddos that are two years old all the way to 18 years old. They're still, uh, the way we designed it is so all age groups of childhood cancer can fill them out. And really, you just go on a website and you order them and we'll, we'll ship them to you. And I've had, you know, caregivers reach out. Right now, we're trying to work with some hospitals to try to get them on the pediatric oncology floor. So, you know, when a new kid is diagnosed, we the hospital can be like, and here's this journal for you, you know, and you know, oh, and here's the Leah's kids wing. Oh, here's the Leah's kids, you know, playroom. And so that's kind of remo- we're moving forward into the hospitals. Um, it's a unique journey <laughs> to get into a hospital, but that is my vision for the journals and for Leah's kids. I'm sold. Where <laughs> do I where do I sign up? How Le- can I contact you? <laughs> Leah'skids.org. <laughs> Leaskids.org. Yes. Is there a, a phone number I can call? Or can yes. you, do you offer any consultation or what? Yes. So we have an open phone line. So you can call us at any time and maybe you just need to talk to somebody or you know, you just need some advice or whatever it may be. We have a very open door policy. You can email us, you know, um, we have social media and we stay in touch with all of our kiddos. So after they receive a crown, we just don't like shuffle them off the door. They, we stay up to date with them. We post pictures about them. I stay in communication with the parents. And so it's, it's a very beautiful little community we have growing right now. And so, yeah, if whatever anyone needs, like Leah's kids, we want to help in the way that we see fit that we can. Okay. Well, now tell me about this little community because <laughs> we're sitting here as we speak in Texas. Yes. But you already spoke about Ohio. Yes. Where <laughs> does Leah's kids offer so we actually offer help anywhere. So if I'm in England? <laughs> if you're in England. I, so I haven't done international yet. But right now, we. so how it works is we have a form. And these parents will fill out this form. Uh, you know, and there's some basic information about the kiddos. And then when we're ready to crown another kid, we go in the form. And we pick the next kid in line. And then I reach out to the mom or the dad or whoever, you know, put the form in, the application. And we start the process from there. And so right now we're staying in the United States states and with 
the Crown of Kid event, it's a party for the kiddo, but then also they receive a $1,000 check. Okay. Well, again, my name's Carl. I want to thank Leah uh, for being with us on Community Caretaker. I want to reach out to especially those like Leah who are believers and remind you and ask you to say a prayer for Leah's kids and the kids that she's working with. And thank her and bless her for doing all, Leah, that you do for others. And I just want to thank you and praise you and wish you all the best, as always. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Carl. You're amazing. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Community Care Resource Council podcast with your host, Carl Berry. Please subscribe, share, and post comments. And for more information on Community Care Resource Council, please visit usccrc.com.